Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to Viewpoints for the first time Ben Fawcett. Ben's uh, a nominee for the Victoria Disability Sport and Recreation Awards 2021 in the section My Sport Live Sports Person of the Year. And Martin Dunn, wheelchair tennis person. Uh, ben is wheelchair rugby, is the other nominee. And um, there's some... Pretty high-quality people there. Ben is a long-standing member of the Victorian Thunder and the Australian Steelers wheelchair rugby team, and his 2020 season kicked off with an impressive performance at the Quad Nations International Tournament in Leicester, England. Ben was later announced as the vice-captain of the national team leading into the Paralympics, continuing to train and encourage his teammates during COVID restrictions. Ben made his return to the court at the national championships in 2021, being named best low point player. Ben, welcome to Viewpoints. Thank you very much for having me on. My pleasure and um, that's a pretty awesome record uh, that you've got. Uh, COVID's obviously been a tough gig, hasn't it, for everybody and particularly uh, the, the, the rugby teams? It did. It took its toll on us a lot. Um, however, we were able to get some uh, government exemptions where we were able to train together as a group um, with the Victorian athletes, but just unfortunately not um, interstate. So, um, yeah, it hurt us a bit that way, just not mm. being able to gel as a team um, from everybody. Yeah, that's um, – have you got past that now? I mean, we're still in, we're still in COVID, really. Um, How has it been that you've been able to do a bit more than you were earlier in the year or even last year? Yep, it has relaxed a little bit and we're still allowed to train together at the moment and um, we're just planning out our year at the moment, trying to get uh, as many training camps together so we can have everyone on board and ready to go and move forward. For sporting people, um, COVID with its restrictions on training would have been quite a challenge. How did you cope with, um, and particularly a team sport where you're out there with your mates most of the time, how did you, how did you cope with the, the challenges of COVID in terms of your preparation, your training and your playing? Because that would have been hard. It was pretty tough. We were doing uh, a lot of sessions by ourselves, just on outdoor courts, uh, wherever you could fit it in. Um, everybody had their own plan about where they were able to get access to courts and facilities all outdoors, um, even just training on paths. And we did a lot of um, Zoom calls so that we were all sort of mentally prepared and ready. Uh, it was just the physical nature of the game, trying to get everybody that together was the difficult part. Um, we had a lot of training camps cancelled and uh, even just events in general throughout the whole year that got cancelled. So... Um, we were best prepared as we could be. We did absolutely everything we could um, under the government restrictions, but um, that's sort of the way it all turned out. Mm. Now, Ben, obviously to be, well, such a high-level performer in, 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 in your sport, wheelchair rugby, there's a backstory behind everybody who is uh, performing in, in these sports and, of course, the Victorian Disability Sport and Recreation Awards honour honour people who, who have overcome uh, the challenges of a disability. Where did yours start Yeah, that led you to end up being in a wheelchair rugby? So I had my accident back in 2009, sorry, uh, just through a snowboarding accident. I uh, just went over a jump and uh, landed sort of on my back and my neck and ended up being a 
quadriplegic. Um, and from there, um, just started to go through rehab and um, started to try and build up my strength and get back to using like a manual wheelchair. Um, and while I was at Royal Talbot, the rehab facility, the there was a group of people playing wheelchair rugby at the um, on the basketball courts down there once a week. And um, yeah, I just started going down and watching them and just enjoying it and sort of seeing how how it was played and um, how they, they even just lived day-to-day life, like driving and uh, working and yeah, just started chatting to them. And before you knew it, I was uh, down there and jumping in a chair and it was sort of the rest is history. I just started playing and eventually progressed from there, able to make the Victorian side and um, kept sticking at it for a few more years and was lucky enough to get on the Australian squad around 2013. Mm, yeah, I'd say there's less luck in it than um, than uh, consequence of uh, diligent work and personal sacrifice. Um, and I guess it's a question you often get asked from somebody who isn't, uh, who doesn't have um, the disability you have. Um, being challenged with quadriplegia, that, that has to be something that of itself must take quite a bit of um, courage and strength to, to, to deal with that, let alone become a Paralympic champion? Yeah, it was um, definitely a bit of a learning curve. Um, you know, I was still pretty young when I had my accident. I was only 18, so you think you know everything at that time. And, mm. um, you know, but in reality, is you're still pretty young and can adapt quite quickly. So uh, I think I moved on fairly quickly I just wanted to get back to living my life whether that was catching up with friends going to work buying a house I still had all these um, goals and things that I wanted to achieve Um, it just meant that I was doing it from a wheelchair and not um, you know the way that I'd originally planned so I was um, able to adapt pretty quickly I think and um, yeah and I'm still sort of got the same attitude just want to get out there and be doing as much as I can so Mm. One of the things, well, I've spoken to a number of people um, who who have spinal injuries and it's limited them, quadriplegia, paraplegia, and one of the things they all say is they don't want people to feel sorry for them. They've just got a different set of challenges in life um, and they're the same as us. Is that your approach to it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you sort of think about that less and less as life goes on. You just don't even know. You just um, sort of do anything. But I think originally when I had my accident, I probably did feel that way. Um, you know, especially if my family and friends are around me, um, you know, I didn't want them dwelling on it or, you know, having any hard feelings towards me that I was having to go through life as a wheelchair user. So that was a big motivator for me is just, you know, get on with life and, um, do, do different things. You know, you're still living an ordinary life, just, um, in a different way. Mm. And then it's surprising how many other people as when you, when you're working, you meet with them that, that are meeting a similar challenge. You're not alone, basically, is the fundamental point, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, there's so many different types of disabilities out there and um, everybody's going through all the challenges and also COVID with, um, you know, mental illness and um, things like that. It's just everyone's got their own sort of story, don't they? So. Everybody does. In some ways, in a, in a, in a sort of a, a weird way, having overcome the challenges that, people such as yourself and you have um, and particularly at an early age in some ways you may well have been better prepared to deal with the curveball we've got with COVID than people um, who haven't had to meet those sort of challenges Uh, Ben is that possible? 
I, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, COVID's been pretty tough. Like, even just kids going through school and trying to do uni, um, it all sounds um, pretty stressful. So, um, I guess I got through it a good time, you know. I was able to just be out there doing things and even travel, lucky enough to travel overseas and um, do all those things. So, um, I'd say there's definitely people out there that are doing it a bit harder than myself at the moment. Mm, what a fabulous attitude. When you take a short break, Ben, when we come back, I've got a number of questions related to your sport, and one of them, I'll give you a clue while we're, we're in the break, best low-point player, not being uh, the most conversant with the, the, the finer points of rugby, I'm very interested to know what a, a low-point player is. I, I would have thought a high point, but of course I'm ignorant, so when we come back from the break, you'll be able to clear that one up on me, won't you? Sounds good. I'll um, I'll try and uh, enlighten you to all the different <laughs> uh, disabilities of wheelchair rugby. Absolutely. We'll take a short break, listeners. Don't go away. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. In the middle of a discussion with Ben Fawcett, who's one of the Victorian Disability Sport and Recreation nominees for My Sport Live Sports Person of the Year, and Ben's uh, an acclaimed wheelchair Australian rugby team uh, member, cap- uh, vice-captain and uh, and quite a star player there. Welcome back, Ben. Thank you very much. Uh, before the break, Ben, um, I-, I left you with a challenge. Best low-point player. I have no idea what a low-point player is. My ignorant uh, perspective would say you'd want high points, but please tell me what that means. All right, I'll try and explain it to you. So there's different classification um, in wheelchair rugby, ranging from 0.5, which is myself, right up to 3.5. And then you can have eight points on court at one time uh, with four players. So just for example, you could have four two-point players or you could have two three-point-fives and two-point-fives. Um, so any combination of eight points. And um, so ranging of the level of disability, so a lesser functioning athlete like myself would be a low-pointer. And um, someone that is has sort of trunk muscles and they might be like an amputee or something like that uh, will be higher up the scale. So, and um, yeah, that, in a nutshell, that's it. Uh, but I'd, I'd um, strongly urge anyone that uh, wants to learn a bit more about it, just jump on YouTube, type in wheelchair rugby, uh, watch a few clips. It's, um, it is pretty exciting stuff and it, it's much easier to visualise than it is to explain. Yes, yes, I've, I've missed out on that. Uh, now, rugby, rugby that's not wheelchair, that can be pretty brutal. Do you guys ever sort of, you know, give yourselves a bit of a hard time out there physically? Uh, it is a full contact sport, so as fast as you can push your chair, you can hit someone, and a big part of the game is to be able to knock people either out of court or even out of their chair completely. So it is; it can be a brutal game at times. Well, you'd have to be pretty fit too then within the the limitations of your, you, you know, your disability because if you're going to be knocked about like that and you, you haven't got yourself in good nick, that, that, that could be a bit of a problem for you. Definitely. The, um, the chairs take uh, most of the impact. Um, everybody has their own sort of custom-built wheelchair that's specific to them. And um, you know, we train. We train as on the Australian squad. We'll be training five, six days a week. Um, you know, in the gym or training on the on the courts together. So we do. Um, you know, pride ourselves on our endurance and um, being physically fit. Um, 
all the time. We have really good strength and conditioning coach, Greg Smith. So, yeah, shout out to him. Hmm. Now, now, how long has wheelchair rugby been going? Um, Victorian Thunder, Australian Steelers wheelchair. That's obviously in, at the international level. Uh, there, there must be some sort of a history to that. There is, yeah. First um, made its debut into the Paralympics in Atlanta as like a um, demo sport and then officially is Sydney 2000, I believe, was the first time it was um, the where brought in um, officially as a, as a Paralympic sport. Mm. Now, how does Australia been competitive? Um, obviously, you are if you play the sport. How, how good is Australia on the national international scale on uh, rugby? We've had some really good success uh, over the last sort of eight to ten years on and off. Um, you know, they won their first um, Paralympics in London sort of before my time. It was 2012. Um, and then we got gold in Rio. It was a, it was a part of that team. Um, and uh, World Champs was our, our latest medal, a big competition medal where we got silver. We Lost by one point there, which was quite devastating at the time. And um, we sort of bombed out over in uh, Tokyo, just gone. So mm. we ended up coming fourth and it wasn't quite the campaign that we were hoping for or trained for, um, but it was just all those um, uh, training issues about not being able to get together mm. and gel as a team that really cost us there. Um, and hopefully moving forward, we'll be able to get back on the winner's table and um, yeah. got world, world champs next year. And um, that's what we're working towards. So who is the top nation at the moment in uh, in men's wheelchair rugby? Yep, Great, Great Britain won in Tokyo. So I guess they're the, they're the next bigger thing. Um, USA have been around for a long time. They're another one of our rivals. Um, and also Japan, we've had some great games against them as well. So... Um, anyone on their day, you know, can take out that top spot. New Zealand in there somewhere? Uh, New Zealand do have a team and have been very competitive. Um, however, they um, sort of re- in the rebuilding phase at the moment. They're not quite up there. Um, so they, um, yeah, they're still working on uh, getting back up. I think they were sort of in a rebuilding phase, but. Well, it's good to know that our wheelchair rugby teams can knock off the New Zealanders because the Kiwis are damn good. <laughs> the All Blacks, etc. They they dominate in that area, so it's, it's nice to nice to give them some payback. Ben, um, you've been doing this now. It was two thousand and nine when you had your injury. You're now um, twelve years down the track and doing so well in this. Um, clearly, there's a there's quite a future ahead of you. What are you What are your goals and dreams for the next say period in your life oh it's a big question that's a that's a <laughs> tough one um i'd like to continue on playing and work towards world champs next year and i'd really like to try and maybe go to one more um paralympics maybe that might be where i'll finish up but um who knows that's probably what i'll just keep working towards and... are you are you interested in i mean a lot of people they go into um they go into the media side of it, they go into the administration or they go into the coaching side of it. Uh, any of those three things appeal or do you think when you're finished with, uh, with playing that you'll move into another field? I don't think I'll ever leave wheelchair rugby, to be honest. I think I'll always be involved in some capacity. I just 
still have such a passion for it as if the same, you know, the same day that I started. So I'd, I wouldn't say I'd go into coaching, but um, I'd like to definitely stick in the background and maybe help with development um, or even just our local competition here in Victoria. You know, I'd like to stay involved or um, maybe even for Victoria Thunder, just help out there maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, because yeah. there's always, I mean, you were a young guy once who joined the sport. It's like any sport, whether it's um, wheelchair or not. Um, the young kids, the young kids are looking for people to support them and to support the sport. And there's a lot of wisdom and experience, and as you said, passion in the players as they move through. Um, in terms of longevity, at what point? I mean, you said the next Paralympics. Um, what what sort of um, longevity do wheelchair rugby players have compared to the longevity of the non-wheelchair rugby players physically? I'd say the average for our team is about three Paralympic cycles. Um, not for everyone, but, you, you know, I think if you're if you started young enough and you're still physically fit um, and the body's holding up well, you can sort of go to three. Um, that seems to sort of be about right. Um but, yeah, you definitely need to um, also look after your shoulders once your career is finished. You still need to be able to get around and live life. So you sort of um, – you have to sort of hang up the boots, so to speak, at some stage. <laughs> you can't oh. just go forever as much as I'd love to. I, I, I'm much older than you, um, Ben. I can remember I loved my sport and I played some pretty high-level sport. But I can remember I gave up – I was football coaching at the time and I gave up football when – I noticed that I was spending five days a week, as in my mid-30s, five days a week in rehab on the training track one day and then recovering for the next five. Your body eventually does catch up with you, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it does. Um, but uh, that's, it's just everybody just loves it that much, don't they? You just play, you play until the body gives out. Yeah, look, it's um, it's an old cliche. You're a long time retired. I remember yeah. that. It, it, funnily enough, goes so quickly, doesn't it? It seems long at the time, but it isn't. No, it's the pages are just flying off the calendar, and um, yeah, it's hard to think of uh, all those matches ago was when mm. I first started. Now, Ben, the composition of the team is only women's only or mixed teams. How does that work? Uh, yeah, so it is a mixed mixed team. We have females playing as well, um, and they actually get a 0.5 reduction. So whatever the classification panel gives them, they will get 0.5 off, uh, which makes them quite valuable. And uh, we actually have uh, uh, Shay Graham uh, is uh, on our Australian team at the moment. And, um, yeah, she's going great guns. And, just um, yeah, it's great to have – a mixed sport and yeah hopefully we have more female players coming on board soon so if you're interested get on board yeah i was going to ask you do many women play wheelchair rugby it seems to be at the moment there's um sort of one on each major team and um the last few years it's been getting bigger and bigger so uh we'll definitely be seeing more female players um at the next paralympics you will see more and more that's for sure and I presume that when you're out on the court, no, there's no quarter given. The the, the women give as much as they get to the oh, men. Oh, absolutely not. No, there's no, it's a fair game. Once you're out there, that's it. And um, they'll be they'll be giving it right back to us. Don't worry about that. Oh, wonderful. Well, look, Ben, again, um, I'd just like to congratulate you on your achievements and in wishing you 
all the all the very best in the forthcoming uh, awards, which are on November 23rd. In saying that, I'd also like to say to you and all the people in 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 um, the disability field of sports, you're an inspiration to us um, in our field because. Uh, Honestly, I'm in awe of the work you had to put in uh, on so many levels and everyone else. And uh, if you could all get an award, that would be fine. Um, but uh, I just wish you all all the best in the forthcoming awards and the rest of your career and hope you can bring home the bacon at the next World Championships. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, we'll be working towards it. Don't worry. Keep an eye out for us. Absolutely. We'll certainly do that. That was Ben Fawcett, uh, listeners, uh, one of Australia's uh, wheelchair rugby champions and uh, an inspiration in himself. We'll take a short break. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 